This is the K-pop cast. It's K-pop DJ Peter Lowe, and I welcome back recurring contributor, host, Rodri of <laughs> the K-pop show. What's up, Rodri? Hello. Rodri, did you think Hyena's babe or bebe was Debak or not? Debak. Okay. That, that seems shorter than usual for an episode. Whoa, but whoa, thanks for whoa, listening, whoa. everyone. Whoa, there's more to the show here, Rodri. <laughs> before we get there, um, before we dive into looking at Hyena's song further, let's dive into our hit replays. Hit replays are songs we recommend you play on repeat for the week. So, Rodri, what's making you hit replay? Oh, it is Jungkook. Um, I think I'm saying that right. And Jimin, Jimin's, Jimin's, Jimin cover of We Don't Talk Anymore. Jungkook has like a ton of covers on YouTube. And this one is on YouTube as well. It's kind of ironic. The last time I brought in a hit replay for Taeyang, I had been listening to a song on YouTube because it hadn't actually been released at that point. And this one is the same. It's just a cover of We Don't Talk Anymore. It's so, so good. Somebody heard this playing in a store in America and got excited and posted it on Twitter. And ever since, I've been like listening to it over and over and over again. It's a shame I don't have like, does YouTube have a repeat button? You know, it should because it's like the audio playbook for a lot of people. You know, it's it's like their Spotify <laughs> for it. Yeah. For a lot of folks. I mean, there are lots of videos where it's like, hey, this song for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so they should just have a replay button. But anyway, he's an amazing singer. I love the breathy falsetto. This is Jungkook I'm talking about. Jimin does does well too, but I think Jungkook is the real star of the show, at least in this track. Uh, he belts really impressively too. And at the end, he like starts soft and goes into the end belting. It's awesome. I love it. I highly recommend you look it up. I'm sure we'll post a link in the show notes. Yeah, BTS proving once again that they are carving into the American market through just being themselves. And maybe this is a new model. I mean, BTS is, of course, making traction through their own songs, but maybe just doing covers of American songs. I mean, that, that could be a way to make it more approachable for Western listeners. I hope they keep doing it because I actually don't like We Don't Talk Anymore very much. And oh. their version of it is amazing. So I am 100% on board for BTS covers of songs that weren't that good originally. Awesome. How about you, Pilo? What is making you hit replay this week? So it's this dope ratchet electric beat from Miso. I'm pink lady. It's her song, Pink Lady. For this week, it was honestly a hard pick for me between this song and Sunmi's um, latest single. But this beat is banging. And I love her whiny voice. It's so, 
stupid, but like I love all the like <laughs> filtered effects on top of it, and it goes really well with this banging beat. Obviously, it's very similar to her last song, KKPP, but that song was a, a dope banger as well. Looking at the music video, you can tell Miso her persona and her attitude screams stardom, and it's really what we want to see in the lead female in K-pop. And dudes, and just another reason, just getting out of the way, it's got gratuitous boob and butt action in the dance, so what more can you ask for? <laughs> what more indeed. Yeah, it's Miso's Pink Lady. Pretty. All right, so right before we dive into Hiana's review, have you ever wanted to sport K-pop apparel in a stylish way? Heck, yes. Well, I just wanted to plug the FOMO Daily Shop, which has a really awesome set of high-quality t-shirts for today's K-pop stand. What I love about these cool t-shirts is that they can pass for something stylish, even if you're not into K-pop. But a lot of the shirts make insider jokes that only K-pop stands would know or understand. So, for example, they have a t-shirt that says, Bravo Tango Sierra, which is obviously a strong nod to BTS. Or there's another shirt that I really like that says, Leader, Rapper, Dancer, Vocal, and Maknae. I mean, this is stuff that, you know, it looks stylishly <laughs> cool, but it's like, okay, this is an inside joke for all K-pop fans. So you help us by going to the FOMO Daily Shop, and we help you by using the code KPOPCAST, which gives you $5 off your purchase. So check it out. Again, it's shop.fomodaily.com, or check out the link in this episode's show description. I actually went and looked at them. I I love their uh, NATO language shirts. They've got one for SNSD and XO. Yeah. Awesome. Sierra, Delta, It's very November, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's a very tasteful way to express your K-pop fandom. Okay. Exactly. That's what we all want. So let's dive into Hyena's Babe, or Bebe. If you haven't seen this music video from Hyena yet, it's Hyena in space. She walks past the green screen onto a dance floor, and then that is transcended once again through a studio with her being this more sexy concept and walking into a box and then going back into space. At one point, she breaks away from all these dance sets that she's on and she walks into an elevator, sort of like leaving the set, going back into space. So something very artsy going on in this. I I mean, when people first saw this music video, I think the critical reception initially was that people were sort of mixed about it. People sort of complimented that this was a different angle and different style for Hiena without really knowing why she was going for this different approach. And of course, this was balanced in tandem with all the overzealous fans who will worship whoever her every move and think that everything about this was awesome. And they thought that she looked very cute, um, very sexy in this. But I think when they say that she looked very cute, I think they're missing something in this message. 
So maybe just dive right into it. Overall, and I could be wrong here, but what I'm getting from this music video is that it's all about being infantilized. If I'm pronouncing that word correctly, I had to look it up. <laughs> and, and not not uh, infanticide, not killing a child, but this, but rather... Um, yeah, thank goodness. That would be a pretty dark K-pop music video. Yeah, yeah. It's this feeling of being treated like a child. Yeah, it's sort of like childizing something. Yes, like exactly. Make an adult a child. There are some people who like criticize the adult coloring book phenomenon as infantilism because it's like adults trying to be children. There you Um, go. That's that's kind of what we're getting at when we say infantilized. Exactly. She feels infantilized. She feels like she's being made a child. Yep. And thank you. That's a great example, Rodri. So the lyrics, they point to actually an older woman who becomes a baby as she dates a man who is younger. So that lyrically, that's what it's about, and that's what they wrote on the One the K uh, YouTube page description for the music video. But what I thought was really interesting, and it was Asian Junkie who wrote a really long story about this, and we'll link it in the episode notes. But it's really, as they argue, a critique on her career. It starts off in space with her showing how she wants to be moving forward. And then she transcends that into the present where she's on the stage with all these guys, you know, dancing around her. That's, you know, her current look. And then it goes backwards in time from there, right? So we see all these like previous concepts from her. Um, But maybe it's also a comment on the K-pop industry where she's got to appear both sexy and cute as and innocent as she gets older. The lyrics point to her going backwards in age, and it gets starts to get uncomfortable. It goes all the way back till she's 15, which is when she started her K-pop career, which made me initially think that it was specifically referring to her career. But this could be both um, generally speaking about her career, and uh, as well as the K-pop industry in general. I did feel a little uncomfortable while I watched it, so I think you're onto something there. I, I mean, there's moments where right at the bridge where she's asking to be pampered over again, and she repeats that lyric in the bridge, like, I'm not going to say it in Korean, but she repeats it, that her eyes get into these like big swelling anime-like eyes. And that's supposed to be, I don't know, to me, that took it as like pushing Aegyo too far. That that's not representative of who she is wholly as a person, but how she's being cast by the label and as a K-pop star. I'm not sure if this was deliberate, but the song is called Babe or Babe, if you actually pronounce it with the, I guess, the Korean pronunciation as it's written. And that that to me seems like a sort of double entendre as you know, you want to be treated like a babe, like a, you know, a smoking chick. But at the same time, this younger boy is treating her like a baby, like a, you know, an infant. Probably what makes her uncomfortable is the lack of freedom over her own artistic expression that she's yeah. had going through this. Um, I, I remember when 1111, when Taeyeon released 1111, that single she did, that's kind of like a ballad. Um, somebody on Twitter, I remember, I think it was Jacques actually from Arcady blog, but anyway, um, mm-hmm. whoever it was said that, uh, they thought maybe this was something she was releasing, not because she liked it, but because it sold, um, something, you know, it kind of imposed on her a little more by the entertainment company and less a decision she made. And I don't know, um, because I don't know Taeyeon, but I, I thought that was an interesting 
revelation about like the kinds of music that these artists release where especially if they release a variety of different kinds of songs in an ep mm-hmm. um, which yep. hiona typically doesn't release a ton of variety it's usually like an you know em uh oh edm sorry i was gonna say emd i don't know what that would stand for but it's usually like an edm kind of thing um kind of bangers club music um but it's almost like does she like that or is this her saying i'm not a hundred percent comfortable with how my career has progressed or i want to do more of this and less of this less of the child thing more of the sexy more less of the sexy and more of like the down to earth I don't I don't know exactly what she's saying. Did you did you get anything more specific from like as far as like what she wants? Cuz I I mean I'm not great at interpreting these things, but I feel like she's trying to tell us something. Well, I think she's just trying to show that she's breaking the mold. So, right, you know, we're seeing this pattern right in the music video where she's going backwards and she's being forced through all these different concepts. For example, we <coughs> see her being over-sexualized and then being shown again as a kid as she after she goes through that that panel and as she's going through this you know constant evolution right of all these different concepts she's in the middle of dancing and then she just stops what she's doing and she walks away yeah that made me feel way uncomfortable and so i think she was trying to say that she is neither one of these things or maybe that she is both of them together, which I think Agent Junkie is arguing that that she balances that duality of those two different states as that's genuinely her. And the label's trying to force her into one camp or the other, or maybe fans and the media at large see her in one camp or the other. But uh, I think what she's trying to say with the song is that she's moving beyond that now. And, and that's why she quite literally leaves the set of those dancers and goes into this elevator and then goes back into space <laughs> at least yeah. as we see here in the beginning because I, I i mean i totally see that space as her moving into what's next you know her new career so knowing that this whole song is about this and we're not you know exactly precise knowing exactly what it's trying to say but generally it's this feeling that she is deviating away from what she's done previously and that it's about infantilization what do you think of this concept i felt like she was in distress kind of you know yeah and i didn't like that so i think Mm -hmm. your your kind of theory that i'm supposed to feel uneasy as i watch is pretty good and i liked that i felt uneasy because if that's what she wants then she did a really good job and i like to see that you know what whether it's a message i like or a message i'm not too crazy about or whatever uh, no matter what the concept is, I, I always respect it if there's a message, some kind of emotional payoff, and they can get that across. So uh-huh. I like the concept. If 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 we're right here, and I think we are, then she did a really good job with, you know, overall what the concept is, which is this like anti-infantilism, let me be myself kind of message. Yeah, yeah. And back on that, a Soompi article said that her album following the album is intended to be for those who have followed her throughout her career and also a way for her to ask listeners to continue to follow and have an interest in her music now i'm not sure if that was just like this sort of like short stupid answer that (laughs) you know she's instructed to give you know by her label yeah but you know perhaps looking deeper at it and 
perhaps even overanalyzing it, we can say that this is showing her looking back and providing an evolution on what's next to come from her. So I think this is trying to mark a sort of transition for her as an artist. I mean, especially because she's so senior in her career at this point. I was listening to K-Stop, another K-pop podcast, which is worth checking out too, checking out as I was heading in to record today. And I caught the beginning of it. And um, I think it was Tina or Jeff, they, they said on the show that she's at the point in her career where she can really start to make those artistic, you know, experiments and evolutions, right? She doesn't have to do something that's going to be the lowest common denominator anymore because yeah. she is so senior. And so I, I think that's probably what she's trying to do here. I, I really do get the feeling that the label gave her a bit more creative control to define herself in this. They must have, because it seems like she criticizes them pretty, um, kind of a veiled criticism. So certainly nothing like too upfront, but it seems like they let her criticize the way they've handled her career, which is cool. Yesterday, when I was looking at this, I was so bought off on this being like directly a statement about her own career, right? As like K-pop idol and how, you know, uh, when she went to this, you know, scene or this set, it was representing her, you know, how's this or roll deep air where she was being hypersexual, same thing with the red era. And then I thought like, okay, and then when she starts getting innocent, this was her with being in her four minute days. Um, I've since abandoned that theory, mainly because it doesn't capture the iconic looks from each of those stages. Um, in the same way that we would with JYP's uh, Still Alive, right? Where he made it very obvious that he was referencing his previous evolutions or his previous concepts. And I think she didn't do that because maybe she's not trying to say that this is specifically her, but could also be applied in a more general, looser sense. Oh, I see. So you're saying this is more a criticism of K-pop than it is of the way that her career has gone. I'm only guessing um, just because if it really was about her career, I think she would have made that more obvious, right? Well, I think so too. So I think think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I'm actually surprised that it's taken her so long to get to the artistic criticism, like casting off the, the shackles kind of song and concept because it feels like if she's been you, did you say she'd been in since she's 15 and kind yeah of in Korean K-pop? age 15 yeah which is you know what she says at the end of the song that's that's a long time yeah but it, it feels like usually it's it's like a six or seven year thing and then if they if the person has a solo act by then they start saying i want more of me in this and less of what sells right yeah and maybe she's at that point i'm not sure and I don't think we can definitively know. If she is, she took her time getting there. I mean, this all said, and like, if this is indeed the message that she's trying to put out there, I definitely applaud it. But what I really love about Hyanna is her very unique voice in that very like sort of sexualized, like Gangnam uh, stylized wine. And it's probably what, honestly, back in her Wonder Girl days, is probably what made JYP uh, make her and designate her as the rapper of the Wonder Girls when she first started her career. So her rap in this song is really sick, and I love it. But I want more of that rap. And again, it's what's making her different, and you should celebrate those unique quirks and attributes, I think, honestly, and a lot of, to, to really succeed in entertainment and pop. And 
I think what we're getting from Hyena is that she wants to get away from always being that as this as what this music video is trying to show. But I want to say, homegirl, you slay with that style. <laughs> so I think she should keep doing it. But at the same time, I understand what she's trying to say and do with her career, which I yeah, respect. She does have a cool, um, that first song on the album, Follow Me, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty awesome. That's it sort of uh, gave us a, a banger to chew on while we also chew on her artsy baby. Yeah. So, Rodri, what did you think of the song itself, the music of the song? I I actually like this, but when I first listened to it, and, you know, I actually like this, but, but when I first listened to it, I noticed myself feeling like a little disappointed by it. Not consciously, but it mm-hmm. was like I was telling myself, I, it was like I was telling myself consciously, this is cool. But halfway through it, I caught myself writing it off as another okay song in K-pop. And I think if all K-pop was at least at this level of quality, K-pop would be amazing. All Mm K-pop songs would be good because I do like this song. I got like chills as I was listening to it. Uh, And it's definitely the kind of song I usually like. I really like the way that they start with like the... You and I were talking about this beforehand. I I wish I had looked it up a little better, but uh, I don't know what instrument it is. Like a marimba xylophone bell slash wood block sounding thing Mm -hmm. i love that sound and then i loved when it switched to the synth and the chorus that Mm -hmm. saw synth anyway but i i just like kept listening and listening and as i listened to it more and more i felt more and more like i didn't like it that much or that it was going to get old and i was like why why is this song that i supposedly like feeling like it's going to get old and i i put a lot of stock in subconscious feelings when it comes to art so when i listened a few more times and i still couldn't get into it i decided to try and at least figure out why and i think i did i think i figured it out also i'm not trying to convince anybody to stop liking this song by the way (laughs) but uh maybe i can at least by understanding how I feel about this, you'll probably hopefully understand it a little better yourself, bring into some perspective into how it was made, what the, uh, how it matches the message, why, why they made these decisions. But uh, also, I, I did all of this research before I even watched the music video, so I didn't even really know anything about the concept. I was just judging oh. this song based on audio only. Okay. Um, anyway, I think the reason I couldn't get into this is that riff at the beginning. Or, and I say it's at the beginning, but it's through the entire song, whether it's yeah. played on the xylophone thingy or that super awesome saw synth, it never leaves you alone. And sometimes they only play the, like the first part of it on repeat for like the bridge or something like that, but it's always there. And yeah. that's not like a bad thing because pop songs are all repetitive, but I mm-hmm. found as I listened to this on repeat, it became difficult to tell if the song had ended and begun again. Like I couldn't keep track of how many times I listened to it. And so the emotional payoff of hearing the song end was getting kind of drowned out and glazed over by the fact that I was basically just listening to the same line of music over and over again for an entire like 10 minutes. And I actually stopped playing the song midway through it because I didn't care if I got to the end because I knew what the end sounded like. It sounded like what I was listening to right then at that moment. That's Um, a good point. Yeah. So I, I kind of wanted to confirm this a little bit, so I compared it to a few other songs. Um, and we'll play some clips from some of these so that you kind of can get a feel of what they are. Um, but there are other summer songs. They're like 
cool like jams where you like roll down your window and you're driving and you're like it's warm outside and life is good and it's upbeat up tempo the songs that i used were devil by super junior that was back in 2015 that was released um so it's two years old but hopefully most of you know what that is um dinosaur by akmu which we uh stephanie picked as her hit replay a few episodes back yep those were the two songs I picked that I like that I compared this to. And that I picked two songs that had kind of gotten old inexplicably that I thought I was going to love. And I wanted to like compare it to those to see if they had anything in common. Those two songs there were shape of you by Ed Sheeran, obviously, since it sounds so much like the uh, sounds in shape of you, this uh, baby xylophone line. And yep. then uh, zoo by red velvet. Also another cool song, well-known uh, London noise thing they did for uh, red velvet. Everybody seems to like that one a lot. I got tired of Shape of You and Zoo way faster than I thought I would. Because I remember when I first heard them, I thought, these are awesome. These are so cool. But I found that the ones I like, Devil and Dinosaur, both ditch their fun, like, pop summer drive with the windows down riff for the... Because they all have those riffs at the beginning. Uh, In Dinosaur, there's like this kind of melodic line in the synths in the background that plays throughout the first verse and the chorus. In Devil, it's the same. There's this like guitar riff that they play throughout the whole song. And then in Shape of You and Zoo, there's two riffs too. Um, also in those that uh, they play throughout the songs. And that's why I compared these, by the way. I found that in the ones I like, they ditch the riff in the pre-chorus and in the bridge. And when the riff disappears, they replace it with a, like a crazy new melody line in the vocals. And so you're getting a ton of variety while you listen to these songs. Whereas that like feeling of just listening to the same thing over and over wasn't there. because Even though it was, I was still listening to the same thing over and over again, but I could because they broke it up. They broke up the monotony of it. Um, in see. Shape of You and Zoo, they actually play those riffs the entire song, even in the pre-chorus, even in the bridge. Whenever there's buildup, whenever there should be like some variety, there really isn't. I've actually heard that Ed Sheeran doesn't think Shape of You is a very good song. Um, he kind of released that one to because his label wanted him to or whatever. Well, it's so, immediately catchy, right? Yeah, and he's he's sort of favors a more like personal sounding kind of song, less generic, less lowest common denominator, like what you were saying. And so I yeah. think that he's not a huge fan of that one, which I can see why. It's got the least variety of all of his like hit singles that I know of. Bridges and pre-choruses. You got to ditch that riff. 
Gotta give me something new. And Bebe doesn't. Not really, anyway. However, now that I know a little more about the concept, I'm thinking that was probably intentional. Well, just in case it doesn't seem like it could be intentional, um, imagine writing an essay, but making like a format for every paragraph. Like one sentence is going to be describing a point. The next will be an opinion, and the third sentence will be wrapping everything up. I don't, I don't know. I haven't written an written essay in ages. But like, imagine writing an essay where you copied and pasted one paragraph for five pages and then just changed a few words here and there in them. That would be like what you're doing when you're writing a song. When you're hearing a song, you're not noticing all of it as much, but when it's all laid out in front of you and you're using the copy-paste function in your uh, digital audio workstation is what we call those, where you like move all the files around and the samples right, and right. loops... And uh, so it's pretty clear when you repeat something the entire time because you will see it constantly being copied and pasted over and over again. So they clearly did this on purpose. So why they did this on purpose, I was wondering until I knew about the concept. And then it's like, maybe Hyanna feels like she's running through the same old hoops over and over again. And she feels like everybody is in the K-pop industry and wants, wants a little more honesty, a little more personality and a little less unrealistic expectations. And so she gave us a song that sacrificed variety, but preserves the message really well, which I kind of think is cool, if mm-hmm. that's what it was uh, intended to do. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it, Rodri. I think that was an unintended consequence. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I, I think that just ended up being that way because they're trying to make the song catchy and uh and i don't think hyena had that much artistic control over the music as she did over the concert i think she had more control over the concept or at least that's where i'm getting more of the message from her yeah and, and maybe this is just me not giving her enough credit but like i i don't think of hyena you know putting that much thought into the music itself in that way <laughs> but well, you know her better than I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I did see her live. And, um, <laughs> you're right. You see, you're right. Back first person acquainted. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And her backup dancers are the, the ones I saw live are also the same ones in this music video. And they also look great. But I, it was so funny because seeing her backup dancers, they also follow her in this concept that she shows in the music video of them being segmented into one role or another. Um, being cute or sexy, even though that might not even match who they are as like people, you know. Yeah. But yeah, to I guess more more to your point, Rodri, like this song doesn't have as much sting power, right? Because it's just so repetitive and doesn't break it up like these other great songs. Yeah, and I I also think that it wasn't uh, it was an unintended consequence. It doesn't seem like the kind of song that has like a ton of art hidden in it at least no, not mm-hmm. in the audio. Kind of unfortunate that uh, it, it, I don't think it'll have enough staying power because there's not enough variety. And it's like you say, she doesn't really play to her strengths. So there's your possibility. There's, there's my fan theory where maybe, I think, 
maybe yeah, there's something you know, there it, but probably not yeah well it's the one where you know if you're a um a henna fan and you just want to believe the best possible world like that's the one you pick so <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can say like this is what it really means if you're a henna fan there was one thing about the song though that I, I'm deferring to your musical expertise in this, Rodri, but there was something like at the end of like every phrase, it ends like in a like a dissonant chord or something. And I felt that I was trying to make it sound sort of eerie and comfortable, like in, on purpose, at least in the music. I, mm. I mainly hear it when they go into this sense. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I hear what you're talking about. There's that right at the very end of the dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 except for in the dun, there's like this weird i think it's a uh i want to say that's like a diminished chord maybe I, I think it's even more pronounced like so yeah you can hear it in like the chimes in the beginning or the percussion yeah the, the percussion thingy <laughs> yeah that whatever that thing is um you it sounds kind of cool in the beginning but when you starts really digging into the synths that's when it really starts to sound uncomfortable to me like deliberately uncomfortable like this is like like this feeling of like oh it's not good it's this overall concept of not feeling so good about where this k-pop industry and infantilization is taking you or infantilization is taking you yeah and i think uh i think what to what you were saying earlier where it uh, she probably didn't have like a ton of say over the music. She probably wasn't like, Hey, use a uh, minor D diminished seventh right, chord. Right. Uh, because I really think it will artistically convey this concept. Um, but I think they are more comfortable using crazy chords because of what the concept was. So yeah. I think, I think you're onto something there. I think that's that, that could be definitely intentional where they, they would have gone for a happier chord had the concept not been so serious. Right. Something even more catchy, per se. Moving on to our final scores. Reading <laughs> one to five, one being lowest, five being highest. What do you think of the concept overall? I think it is, uh, this is tough because I'm not like a huge fan of it, but I also think it's an important message. I don't like infantilization. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will give it a 3.8 for okay. effort. <laughs> Because I, I believe it's important, and I'm glad that somebody's talking about it. And I'm glad that Hyuna is talking about it, because I really like Hyuna. Um, yeah, if anyone's to do it, I mean, she's a good person to really weigh in on yeah. this subject. So, 3.8. That's a pretty high score, right? I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah. Up until this moment, I hadn't even thought what I was going to rate it. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> I kind of want to say I am also the same. It's it's pretty good. Like It's a very applaudable effort. A message to give. I think the reason I'm not uh, like wanting to go higher is because it's not necessarily like what I like, mm-hmm. or especially like what I like from Hyuna. I loved How's This. I think that was a cool song. Yeah. And I was like a little disappointed that this wasn't as upbeat and like kind of a club song like that one was. But I, I like the artistic Hyuna. And so 3.8, yeah. I think, is good a good spot for me on concept. I guess overall, what I want to say is that it and I, this I did write down, it's subtle <laughs> and unsettling. If they stayed on that flavor of message, right, this, you know, subtle and unsettling message, like, I think that would have, I would read it all the way up to a five. But the reason why I'm not giving it that high is because I don't 
think they fully convey that message. I think they could have done that just a little more poetically and probably in a way that directly references Keanu's career uh, specifically in a way that was just a little less subtle, but still symbolically conveys the same meaning in a stronger way. So I I guess... Um, <laughs> I'm also three point eight. <laughs> okay, well, I'm I'm happy with that. <laughs> there you go. Um, how about the music? Also, one to five. Music. I'm gonna stick at a uh, three. Okay. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I, I just didn't like it that much, but uh, I also do like it a lot in a way. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to describe how I feel about the music, but I think three is uh, a comfortable way for me to describe how I feel. <laughs> yeah, when I first listened to this, and it was actually one of our listeners, Taylor, he pointed out to us, like, hey, <clears throat> what do you think of Hina's new song? And I listened to it, like, that moment. And I was like, wow, this song is, like, barely Daybok, Taybok. Like, it's <laughs> okay. Like, I really like the intro verses, but once it got into the choruses and even after, after and from the bridge onwards, it was like, okay, this is just a little too heavy and a little too mixed. Yeah. It, like, it, I like it. it. it I just don't think it'll last very long. Yeah. Yeah. It's not... There's nothing technically wrong with it, you know? Like, it has a good polish in terms of what one would expect from, like, you know, audio exactly. production from someone like Cube and, and an idol like Kiana. Yeah. But it's not her strongest. So, Rodri... I'm right there with you. I am also a three. So we are same scores on these. Well. <laughs> but overall, I mean, taking all of this into account, so both the concept and the music, is this song Daybok or not? Like I said with Taylor, I think this song is barely Taybok. So Taybok for me. I also think this is barely Daybok. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's good. I think that as like a, if I was recommending this song not using a number score, I would say if you're a Hyuna fan, this is a good addition to her discography. Yes. I like the uh, EP. I like that she's doing a concept that I feel like I understand her a little better. Right. And just because I don't like the song a lot doesn't mean it's not Daybok because I think that what matters is that on a shelf full of Hyuna CDs, this one has a spot. Yes. Oh, that, there you go. Well said, <laughs> Rodri. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And a spot, not only just for its variety and sound, but also a message. I'm really curious what will follow from here onwards from Hyuna. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a real applaudable effort from her. Sunmi's uh, Gashina, if I'm pronouncing that song right. That song right now, I think, is actually doing a little better popularity-wise. And I think maybe it's doing a little bit better because it's it's playing to a genre of music that seems to be trending right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those tropical house or dance hall. Good old tropical. And the concept and the message of that song, I think, is more immediately um, understood and palpable. Right. In terms of like, oh, I've been dumped and, and this is my sort of like getting over him song. Right. This song requires a lot more thinking and diving into. And I don't know if that always succeeds with K-pop fans, especially longstanding Hyanna stands to this point. Like, I will admit that I like the unidimensional, sexy 
Kiana concept. Like, <laughs> I loved Red. I loved, um, you know, Roll Deep and How's This. Like, those songs from her, I really love. And I play them, even though they're very stupid, you know, unidimensional songs. Maybe my question to you, Rodri, is should she keep doing stuff like this where she's trying to go more multidimensional or should she go back to songs like you know what seems to be working well and what's more readily understood by the public at large on a first listen i think what we will see from her i don't know what she should do because i i don't know hearing this song makes me realize that i didn't know hyena as well as i thought i did but i think what we will see is probably still sexiness because i mean we certainly saw that at least to some degree in the uh, in this music video. And I don't think she'll ever really be able to leave it behind if she wants to, which I'm not sure she does. Mm-hmm. But if she wanted to, I think she would have a hard time just doing something else. So I think what we probably will see is still that. But I think it will be, I don't know. I think it'll be different at least. At least different. Should Hiena still make these gambles like you know in terms of trying to do something artistic i mean was it a good time uh for her to to make it i don't think it'll work forever Um, yeah there was kind of a time last year where it was it was like exhausting i used to go check the uh itunes store every once in a while just to see what was new and like the um this was before Apple Music, actually. So this was a couple years ago. But anyway, the at least before I had Apple Music, the Apple like editor notes always every single album said this. This is like a really stripped away, honest look at this artist's life and how they see their <laughs> career. And it was like if you could get a dollar for every time the Apple edited notes said <laughs> stripped away, honest, 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 really deep, thoughtful, thought provoking, honest. It was like, oh my gosh, when are people just going to go back to performing and writing music and stop trying to tell us their life story because I do not care. So I think eventually the more we see this from K-pop, the more we'll get tired of it. Uh huh. And I don't think it'll work forever. So I think artists are doing that more. I think now that people are growing up, the groups are breaking up, people are getting their solo careers going. And the more you have a solo career, it's like I was saying, I'd be interested to know if there's like a year count. Um, or at least I think where I was they saying all this earlier. To, yeah. Where they start to go artistic and me more. Um, yeah. But the more solo careers we get, the more we're going to see this. And I think the people who stop doing it are going to uh, find that they're very popular. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever does it first is going to be very popular and allotted. And whoever stops doing it, maybe not artistically and critically lauded for it, but we will all start buying their music more. So there you I, go. I, that's kind of my, my two cents on the whole honest concept thing. Yeah. I think you're onto something with that, Rodri. Like, <laughs> it's probably going to work with this generation of K-pop fans, but assuming the, this present generation of K-pop fans are still around, like for the next iteration of, you know, all these idols going into that senior part of their career. Yeah. Um, We'll see if they still get if they're still around long enough to get tired of it before the next generation of you know young K-pop fans come and and it's still a novel yeah. idea and concept of message to them. I mean, when it Time comes down to out. it, we just want love songs. We want party songs. We we don't always want to hear about you. 
We want to hear about us. Yeah, not always. Not always. I, I, it's, it's a fine balance, and I don't think I'm in a position to say exactly how they yeah. should do it. I certainly don't know, but <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, I think we'll be seeing more of it for a while and then a lot less of it after that. Yeah. I think Hina's got to rebound off of this, going back into something safe. I think she's got to go back into that whiny, nasally, <laughs> chip. You'll get what you want, voice. Peter. <laughs> yeah. And, she's got to uh, give the people what they want. dance moves. Yeah. And I will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's on a dope ratchet electronic beat. <laughs> right. There dope we go. Dope ratchet electronic beats are very friendly in uh, DJ Peter Lowe's world. <laughs> it, it, it is my bias. <laughs> your bias. Your bias it, wrecker is anyone who releases a dope electric ratchet beat. With uh, <laughs> sexy images. Of course. Okay. So I think that's it for this episode of the K-pop cast. Listener feedback from the last couple episodes. Um, Twitter user Marie tweeted at us that her replay lately has been NCT 127's Cherry Bomb. Cherry Bomb. We didn't actually get a chance to review that song formally. But, Rodri, I know you and I were both discussing separately that we both agree that Whiplash is really the star song off oh, of that yeah. album. So I gotta Marie, say... Um, as, as some of you know, I have a show called The K-Pop Show, and it's been on hiatus for ages. Um, I actually liked this whole EP so much that I considered just, like, doing a solo episode. It never, like, worked out that I could, but uh, I guess I don't remember why, but I think I just didn't have time or something. But, like, I was this close to just bringing back The K-Pop Show just so I could talk about Cherry Bomb. So I totally agree, Marie. That is amazing. Yep. deserves to be a hit replay and then taylor the same taylor listener i referenced earlier you also corrected us on the last episode saying that the snsd single that producer kenzie wrote was actually all night and not <laughs> holiday so how many more episodes do you think you're gonna have to spend apologizing for that oh my god like forever and ever like i can do girls generation fans like no justice i feel like i can't I'm going to like start a new someone. I'm going to start a new Twitter account every week and like remind you of your mistakes for SNSD <laughs> and then you'll keep having to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, but fair enough. Like I I don't mind saying where we got it wrong, right? Like, oh no, I, no, I, I think it's good. I'm not like no. Yeah, no, but we yeah. we want to we want to get positive and critical discussion on K-pop and if that means admitting where we got things wrong, I think I'm all for it. For sure. So that's it for listener feedback for this week. Again, guys, don't forget to check out the FOMO Daily Shop for sweet K-pop apparel. Remember to use the referral code KPOPCAST, which saves you five bucks. Next episode, we'll probably dive into BTS with even more theory crafting. Um, let's hope we get that right with BTS. It's always so, P-Dog. That's the producer, P-Dog. Every time. That's all you need to know. Wait, what? P-Dog? Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> okay. That's just their, was, their, their producer. Oh, okay. Because I, I was like, is this some like deeper like metaphorical message or something? <laughs> nope. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's close out with our social handles. But uh, in closing out, let's list our favorite Hiena song. So Rodri, what's your favorite Hiena song and where p- can people find you online? My favorite Hiena song is from her last EP, Awesome. It's You and Me. I love the uh, EDM kind of uh, low-key such a good one. 
Yeah, yes. it's amazing. I was I, I, remember, I totally thought she'd make a music video for that one when I first listened to it, but then the next song came on and it was How's This? And I was like, nope, this is the one. Yeah, when I saw her live, she said, you and I, or I and you, or whatever it's called. <laughs> she said that that song meant a lot to her. And oh, really? it is such a good song. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I love that one. Okay, and my favorite is Roll D. Oh, wait, sorry. Before we get there, Rodri, where can people find you on Twitter? <laughs> I was going to say, you can find me at Rodri Rodri, just my name twice on Twitter. Um, you can also find the K pop show page on Facebook. I have been in contact with Andrew. He's a busy man, but we're going to try and get this thing going again. So there will be more K pop show somehow, some way. There you go. And my favorite Hannah song is Roll Deep. It's just so good. It's just so sexy and SNM. And I think Raw Hannah, <laughs> as I like it. Raw Hannah. And you can find me at DJ Peterlow on Twitter, or you can tweet at us. Give us your thoughts on this episode at the K-pop Cast. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Rodri. And uh, I guess we'll catch you guys all the next episode. And Rodri, always happy to have you on the show. Hey, it's great to be a contributor slash host <laughs> on one of my we'll favorite K-pop podcasts. We'll come up with a real title for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good night, everyone. Bye.